We are up and going, and I want to introduce everybody this evening to Matt Wiley. He is the Alaskan Viking. Uh, obviously, he's from Alaska and uh, a trapper. We're going to chat about uh, what it's like to be in Alaska, and we're going to chat about uh, his incredible uh, YouTube site that he's got going on. Matt, welcome to the show. Awesome. How, how are you doing? Um, Rich, it's uh, good to be on here talking to you. Um, I've watched you know, all your videos, of course, and absolutely gl uh, glad to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. We, we've we uh, had a very warm year this year. Like, it has not been a typical uh, weather. I think we only we only got down to um, below minus 30 once so far, and minus 30 would be about 22 below zero or something like that, Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, we've had we've had about the same. It's been it's been unusually warm. Um, we hit uh, uh, thirty below um, back in November for like two days, and that was it. Yeah. And Whereabouts are you in Alaska? I live a uh, hundred miles south of Fairbanks, a little town called uh, Delta Junction, Alaska. Um, kind of a geographical oddity. It's a hundred miles from everywhere. <laughs> so, for those of us that don't know much about the map of Alaska, where does that put you? Are you coastal or um, are you inland? Smack, almost smack dab in the interior. Okay, in the middle, in in the interior. Yep. Alaska is a big place, so that's a that is a far ways from everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> it is that it is. So, your average year? Do you have a lot of snow? Um, the last, uh, last few years, we've had great snow conditions. Um, we're, I think we're looking at about three feet right now. Um, but the problem here is, uh, it, we get so much wind that, uh, your snow, it, it drifts a lot. And okay. so a snowpack is, is really, um, you can't count on it being in one place for very long, but, uh, most places we got about three feet. Okay. And your country then is it is it open is it heavily timbered what's what's it look like uh, it's a little bit of both if you go south of delta you run into a lot of tundra um north of of where i live i've got my martin line which is all old growth forest really heavily huge spruce trees um so it, it depends on what direction you go okay those huge spruce they'd be sitka uh they're uh white spruce i believe sitka okay yeah sitka, white spruce yeah yep so are you native to Alaska? I am not. I've lived here for about 19 years. I'm originally from Montana. Oh, right? really? Where, where in Montana? Missoula. Oh, okay. Good. I, I know the no, country. I, do you? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We've, we've, we've done a, had a fair bit of fun in, in Montana. <laughs> and Montana's a beautiful place. It is. It is. I, it's crazy right now with what's going on. I mean, uh, places like Wyoming and Montana and, uh, and Texas and that, I mean, they're, they're wonderful because of their, their very staunch conservative backgrounds and, and mm -hmm. the, the uh, belief that people should know what to do with their own money. And, and yet all those people that are moving from California to those places, they're bringing all their, their bad habits with them, you know? <laughs> That it, you know what, you hit, you hit the nail on the head on that, Rich. That is exactly what's going on, especially in Montana from what I've seen. We have the same thing happening in, in, in Canada. Like we have stuff going on from, you know, we're in Alberta out west and, and people come from the east and they bring their crappy politics with them. I, I don't know what, it, what it's all about, man, but 
enough enough about politics what uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what drove you to to uh or what made you move to to Alaska so I graduated high school and I've I've been in love with Alaska ever since I can remember seeing pictures as a kid and uh, I've, I've always wanted to to come here and so I had the opportunity um, I graduated high school jumped on a plane grabbed my guns my clothes and and uh, got a job working at the local um, grocery store as a meat cutter and I've been cutting meat for 19 years now. <laughs> no kidding. Nope. Oh, that is really cool. That's really cool. I, I like it when people have trades, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's important. I love that mem on, on the, on the internet where they talks about, uh, you know, the one guy's going to school and he's running up all these debts and he, he sneers at the, at the guy who's the, uh, who's working at the lineman working outside his, his house. And then the final thing in the mem is John just, Cut off, or just just disconnected Bill's uh, power, you know, for lack of payment. <laughs> that, there's a lot of truth to that. I definitely, I'm definitely fortunate, and I love my job. I love cutting meat, and I can't, I can't picture myself doing anything else besides trapping for a living. <laughs> how, how many people live in Alaska? Man, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on that. It's, uh, I remember. Uh, I can't. I can't give you a, a defined answer on that. I'm not 100 percent sure. Most are like you, though. They they've moved there for the life. Yeah, there's actually in the last few years, there's been pretty decent influx of people moving to Alaska, seeking you know the wilderness and and yeah. the lifestyle. And you know you can't blame them. Alaska's a beautiful place. I noticed though that you've had a couple of Democrats pop up in the in offices. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 I had to. I had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I don't lay claim to any of them. <laughs> so explain to me. Uh, you have a, kind of a first come, first serve honor system on on your trap lines. How does yeah. that work? Um, sometimes it works great, and sometimes it does not work at all. You I wish. I, I really wish our, our laws were a little different on that, but you know, everybody has the right to go trapping and as long as they don't touch your stuff, they can trap wherever they want, which, you know, creates a lot of over trapping and, and problems in my opinion. That was exactly why like Alberta has all registered trap lines and that was set up like in 1925 or 1905, something like a long, long time ago. It surprised me how long ago, but the reason was, is because it, anything near a, a city center or whatever was getting over trapped and there was, there was the problems caused with it. So they divided it all up into, into registered trap lines and you could have a registered trap line, but you had to trap there. And so that, that meant that the, the entire province got utilized, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've, we've had it uh, well over a hundred years of this going on. So it, it, it worked well, but I've always, I know I, we have a lot of uh, folks from, from Alaska that contact, contact us about how the uh, registered system works in that, and I'm out, nobody ever gives me a really good answer. Like, I mean, how often do you have problems? You said you have a Martin line up north. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had problems with, you know, anybody sees a trail on Google Earth and it's automatically theirs. And every year, you know, people come up and, and try to run my line and I, you know, have to, hey, man, I've been here for, for 18 years and it's it's not your trap line, it's mine. And 
most of the time they'll they'll be like oh okay you know and and, and pick up their stuff and go but every once in a while you'll get the stubborn guy says well you know i'm not breaking the law and well technically you're not but you know you are to respect other trappers and i would never do that to anybody else and so i expect you know fair treatment in return but it doesn't always happen that way well and i mean they're turning you know your hard work into into their profit yeah and that happened uh what was it oh, four years ago or so um i let my martin line sit for a year um just kind of let it you know rejuvenate a little bit and i found out the next year when i went to go trap it that a guy ran it last year and totally just decimated the martin population oh really yeah he he heard it bad and i'm still trying to recover from that it's it really it's really easy to over trap martin it can be, yeah, depending, depending on the area. How, how big of an area would your Martin line be? It's about 38 miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be easy. Because you'd be, you'd be just trapping right alongside that, that line, your trail, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, of yep. 38 miles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would, that, that, that would be pretty easy for sure. Um, what, so do you have other lines then? That's your Martin yeah, line. Yeah, I do. So I've I've got I've got my Martin line that I I pretty much just trap Martin, and then I actually have um, I live um, just next to Fort Greeley, Alaska, which is a missile defense, and they have military land that you can register to go trap on, um, and I have a big chunk of property registered with with them that I trap uh, mostly uh, coyotes, fox, lynx, and, and wolves, um, and that makes up my my second half of my trap line, so to speak. Oh, okay. So it, is that pretty much all the species available? Uh, I'm, or you're just not in an area where there's wolverine or? I, you know, I've caught, a, I've caught a few of them, but it's so hit and miss. There's, there's, not, there's not a good population. Um, it's one of those things, if you catch one most of the time, for me, it's an accidental. Yeah, okay. Okay. You know, he wandered into a cat set or something. But there's they, there's not there's not a good a heavy population of them where I'm at. Yeah, they're they're pretty big roamers for sure. Mm -hmm. How many how many Martin would you catch in a winter? Um, a good winter is you know thirty plus. Okay. Or right. so, and then um, lynx. It depends on the cycle, you know, on the year. But most of the time, it's you're looking at you know twenty to twenty five lynx, and I can normally catch you know fifteen to twenty coyotes and about a dozen fox and a couple of wolves. Yeah, yeah. Not not a lot of wolves there? Um, where I'm at, no. There's normally a pack of about four to five that like to run the area. And I, I normally pick off a couple of them and then, you know, leave them alone. And there's other trappers around me, so they go through a gauntlet of, of stuff. They're pretty smart wolves. They're not, they're not the average wolf, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that when you talk about a, a pack of four to five, and so many people believe that wolves only come in packs of 20 or 30. And when I try and tell them, about, you know, I have, there are two packs that, that, that uh, are on, are touch my trap line or across my trap line during the winter. And the one in the north is usually four to six animals. And the one in, in the south is eight or nine. And one year it was a dozen, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that they're just an extended family unit is what, is what they are. And you know, when, when the time comes, uh, it's the, the, the females that have to move on, you know, after mm -hmm. about two years, they, they, any of them can disperse, right? But it's the, the females that are, are the hardest to get adopted into another pack because she's mm -hmm. always 
uh, you know, competition for, for the uh, breeding alpha, right? Yeah. The males are, are taken in pretty easy because they're all the kind of the, the, the soldiers, the fodder for, for hunting, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> the warriors. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, do you have a, like a particular favorite system for, for trapping Martin? I mean, are you, are you catching them on the ground? You catch them in the trees? Um, I use, I do kind of a, a combination of, of different kinds of sets. I like pull sets. Um, I like using footholds, but at the same time, I stagger everything. I'll put boxes. I don't ever try to put anything on the ground. I try to keep it up in the trees. Um, just so, you know, I've always been told and taught that that's how you catch the more mature Martin. Um, if you put stuff on the ground, you tend to catch immature and, and females, you know, are more likely to go into those sets. So I just, I try to keep everything in the trees. Um, I use boxes, I use cans, I use uh, newspaper boxes, um, a whole slew of, of different types. And, I, you know, I like using the variety, the variety method. So would you'd set up all 38 miles at once? Uh, no, I kind of, what I do is, you know, first run of the year, I'll go in and see what's there first and see where sections, where the Martin are at um what you know if i'm seeing you know mature males or if i'm seeing you know females or 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 immature uh martin then i'll kind of leave, leave that alone and move further away and, and try to target you know the mature martin but i normally just go in and, and look and see where everything's at and then that's where i'll go from okay i'm going to trap the back half or the middle or the front or whatever or all of it okay and how, how many sets would you, you set up at any one time I try to keep it about, if, if I'm trapping a section, I'll do um, about one every half a mile, give or take, pending on where the Martin are at. Right, right. And so then you'd have, what, 30, 40 sets going at once, or? Yeah, maybe 15 to 20. Okay. Do you have check laws there? No, we do not have check laws. Um, I run, depending on the weather, I like to do it, you know, my Martin line at least once a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everything else, like all my, my, you know, canines, I like to run, especially if it's warm, I'll run every other day. If it's, you know, zero or, you know, negative 10, I'll run every three days and check them, you know, because wolves, you know, they, they turn green so dang quick. They're such a big animal. They have a hard time cooling off. So I like to check those uh, more frequently. When you do your wolves, are, are you doing a bait pile or are you blind setting? Uh, a little bit of both. I, I do drop a, I drop a ton of bait, um, okay. you know, to okay. get them interested in, you know, what's going on. And then once they're in the area, I'll do, you know, blind trail sets, piss posts, um, and then, you know, gang set the, the bait pile. Yeah. The worst part is, is they when lots of times when you, by the time you get them in a snare or whatever, it's already got 20 pounds of, of fresh meat on board. Right. And that's, yeah, that's, you, you definitely, you definitely want to catch them coming in. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. going out. <laughs> yeah, I had one last year that was that way, and I, I mean, its its stomach was enormous. It it had twenty five pounds on it or whatever. Weighed uh, ninety six pounds, and I and, and I'm sure there was twenty five pounds of meat. In. <laughs> wow, wow. How did how did it look like when you skinned it? Did it have you had a, a green belly or? Yeah, green belly. Uh, it was really bad green belly and. And it didn't show until I, until I tanned it, but I, I lost two little patches about like that, right low on the, 
in mm-hmm. the uh, the groin area there yeah. where the most heat stays for the longest time, right? Yeah. Yep. Do you uh do you foothold or do you, or do you uh snare the wolves? Uh both. Both. Are you allowed yeah. killing snares there? Yeah. Yep. I however, I like to, um, I like to use a, a breakaway snare, uh a cam lock with a, a an S hook that's uh, rated for like I think it's 550 pounds is what it's rated for. Um, just in case you catch a, catch a moose, he's yeah. strong enough yeah. to bust it. And even a big wolf, if, if he, if, you know, if he took a good run at it, he'd probably break that snare too, but I haven't had any losses yet. Um, but that's you know, definitely a possibility, but I definitely prefer breakaway snares just so I don't catch moose, or, you know, or caribou. Do you then tie off to trees? Do you tie up solid yeah. or you are on drags? <clears throat> no, I tie up solid and I use nine wire. Uh, as my lead as my lead wire with a pigtail swivel in it yep and so you just you wire it up about six feet and then you set your snare so he's pulling down at an angle so he doesn't have that direct you know in line pull with the snare right it really takes a lot of strength out of him if he has to pull down instead of just straight out do you use uh any kill springs uh yes i do yeah you like you like uh, the big kill spring on it I do. I do like the kill springs on. Okay. Uh, I use. I also use kill springs in uh, my links and and coyote snares too. Okay, I don't use it in links. It, it links die so easy. It's uh, we're, what, what the heck? Somebody had sent me a a, a query the other day and and sent me over to uh, a, one of the internet trapping sites, and they mm-hmm. were talking about making a a snare legal f- so that they could release lynx they were allowed to snare bobcat and coyote but they weren't allowed to snare lynx i think it was it was minnesota or or wyoming and so they had this rule this law out there and and it was like you know 564 cable and it had to have this breakaway and uh and I was, I was like i don't know how you could make a breakaway light enough to keep a lynx alive <laughs> yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's a tough one you know they don't they don't fight much no, yeah, and the 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 carotids, especially here in the in the the uh, throat, are so exposed. You know, yeah, I just I just uh, was doing some video today. I was skinning uh, skinning links, and and I mean, it was just like you couldn't have asked for a better a better better than a, a video than what I had there. I mean, it was like like an X ray. You could you could see his carotids, and then you could see the that how they become when they become occluded well then all the blood that's in in the head and that it all pressures up right and so all yeah, these other build, veins builds up yeah it builds up and and you know trying to explain to people that you know uh that's how how uh, a snare kills it doesn't suffocate it doesn't strangle it occludes the the veins and and the uh, arteries going to the brain or to and from the brain and it's no different than an MMA fighter putting a sleeper hold on you and mm-hmm. you just slowly gray out and go down. Well, that's what, that's what these, these animals do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the the, the only, the only re the only reason I ever use kill springs on, on cats is all my snares are the same. Yeah. I use, you know, an eight inch diameter. And so like coyotes and Fox, you know, you don't, you never know what's going to come down the trail. Yeah, well, that, so, that, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do I love the the kill springs on uh, on the canines. They're if you catch them up tight behind the mm-hmm. behind the uh, the head, then it's over in a hurry. But if they happen to to fight and get that 
down low on the on on the chest and the neck there it, it, you know it, it takes a lot more to to uh, finish the job yeah and there's, there's nothing worse than pumpkin head on a coyote yeah i don't um i haven't had that i mean i'm, I'm using all uh i use power a lot of power rams just because they're so simple and fast and I've, I've never i've never gotten into those i'm definitely curious about them though yeah well you'd you'd want to get all the wolf masters the the, the ones that are wolf size because <laughs> they would they would double up because once again you don't know whether it's a wolf or a coyote coming down the coming down the trail uh but i mean i've i run a, a bait here on my home quarter and and uh i i got 20 some coyotes off it this year and i mean it's just one after another after another and and they these are all uh with uh, 364 cable and so and they have a breakaway on them for a 265 265 pounds and mm -hmm. it's because there's only just coyotes here there's coyotes uh deer elk and moose and so far i've caught three deer two elk and two moose but oh they wow break, well they break away yeah yeah, they break yeah. Away. i mean all my all my bait is is from the butcher shop and we're yeah uh, my buddy runs a butcher shop over there in, in Grovedale and he, you know, they butcher all, all the wild game where we still have hunting going on here. And, and, yeah. uh, I just go get it by. <laughs> no, that's, I, I do, I do the exact, the exact same thing. <laughs> do you get it by the 14 foot dump, tra dump trailer load? <laughs> I get it by the 50 gallon barrel. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got some, I got some interesting pictures of, uh, I leave it sit there for a week and I go there and it is just humped up full it's a seven foot by by 14 foot uh dump trailer and, and then they can stretch the stretch the, <laughs> the, the uh um cover over top of it and then you, i have to drive through town I, it's, it's it's like an hour and a half from my my place and a halfway in between us is, is is the city and i'm driving through and you have this flock of ravens and whiskey <laughs> you're quite the gong show you hate to stop at a it's not quite that bad but i mean if you stop at a at a light there there'll be birds sitting on the on the trailer back there <laughs> yeah i'll do i'll do the same thing i'll go grab a you know seven or eight barrels and have them in the back of my truck and you know leave them there and go to work and when i come out to leave work there's ravens all over the back of my truck and they're pooping on everybody's cars and everybody <laughs> I was just going to say, like, the side of my trailer, I just got it. It's a Southland trailer, and I just got it this year. And, and I mean, it looks, like, awful, like hell right now, because it is just covered in this slurry of, of raven crap everywhere, right? <laughs> the new paint job, new paint job. Yeah, yeah, it's it's black with with white drool all over it, you know. <laughs> it look, looks awful. I had a buddy going down the road. He was, he's, uh, uh, was um, he's dead now, but he was a bear outfitter. And mm -hmm. one of the great things that we do is we sell beaver carcasses to the bear outfitters, right? Yep. Every spring they, they buy huge amounts and he was making a, a run for, uh, around to the different trappers and that picking them up. And at, he had a, a dump trailer. Um, no, it wasn't a dump trailer, but he had sideboards on a, on a, on a big trailer. And he, he figured he had th over 300 beaver in there, beaver carcasses, right? And of course, they're at various levels of decay and that. So it's, it's oozing and it's just gross, yeah. you know, big bellied yeah. and everything. And the RCMP, the police pulled him over and, and the <laughs> guy says, you can't do this. And he says, why? And and the, <laughs> and the cop was at a loss for, for words. And it goes around and around and around. They, they had him pulled over for 
for better, well, I don't know, a couple of hours until finally an old supervisor got a hold of uh, Fish and Wildlife. Fish and Wildlife came out and says, Oh, Greg, yeah, you got your, you got your license, yeah, yeah, everything. He's an outfitter. This is all legal. And, and the young cop was just in shock because it was a hot day, and I guess those beaver got – so he, Greg said you, you could watch their bellies expand, right? Big old beaver balloons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he said every now and then the, the wind had changed, the, and he'd see the cop turn green. <laughs> Oh, that's too much. That's too much. That's perfect. That's perfect. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. So with the lifestyle there, do you have uh, subsistence rights? Yeah, I do. You do? I do. I do uh, subsistence moose and subsistence caribou. How does that work? Explain this to me. Um, as long as you're an Alaska resident, um, you qualify for your subsistence tags. And as long as you, you know, fill them out and check them off every year and whatnot, you, every year you can you can apply for them. Okay. So and it's all, mean. and it's all federal land too, for the subsistence. So the game unit management, it's all set aside and, and there's there are certain areas where you can go for subsistence only. So you can't just wander out your back door and shoot them. There's, there's specific areas that you have to hunt in. Okay. And anybody who is an Alaska resident, if they live in Anchorage, yep. it can, and you have to and apply. It can become, for- it, it can become quite, quite the show. Oh, I can imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this in my head already. Is it, when you say apply, is it a draw then or? No, nope. You just, uh, every year um, for about two days, they're like, for example, they're in Delta for two days. You go in, you know, give them all your information and they give you your text. Really? Yep. How long can that continue? Uh, they, it starts in August. Um, and then it, there's a break in October and then it starts back up again. And then I think it ends the end of December. I'm not hundred percent sure. I really very rarely ever make it to the end. How, how long though can, can this continue on? Like, I mean, that, that sort of, that level of, of, uh, use of the resources. Oh man, I don't know with the, with the population of Alaska, you know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you, you'd think they'd have to do something, but. You know, you know, they're watching the, the herds pretty closely and, and they have emergency shutdown orders, you know, so if, if, if you go in and you, you check the, the website or whatever, they do have like for the 40 mile herd up north, they'll just out of the, out of the blue, shut it down. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Well, that's good then. Yeah. So they're, they are monitoring the, the, the herds, but you know, how accurate it is, I don't know. Okay. What was I was going to ask uh, before we got away from the Martin? I was going to ask you what your favorite bait was. Uh, my favorite bait, I like. I use so I I do a lot of duck hunting in the fall. I love duck hunting. I've been duck hunting my whole life, and so I save all my duck carcasses, okay. and I wrap them up in a in a in a garbage bag and stick them by the wood stove and let them get good and taint. <laughs> <laughs> And chop them up into, you know, baseball-sized pieces, and I use those. That works good for you? It works great. Um, I do I do that, and I'll do uh, beaver, and then if, you know, whatever kind of lure I'm using. You, do you have a favorite lure? Um, I like – I use uh, a handful of different kinds. Like, again, I like to do a variety. I don't stick to just one kind. Um, I like I like Hellfire. 
and I like um, there's a there's a place uh, out of Anchorage um, called Batum 907, and they make a lot of good lures too. Um, Polecat hoax and Dalky um, are really good lures for Martin um, that I use, and it seems to uh, do a good job for me. Well, that's cool. How big is trapping in Alaska? It's getting bigger, a lot bigger. It's I I I'd, I'd say it's pretty popular in the uh, rural places of Alaska. Not so much like in Anchorage. I know that you know the antis are wreaking havoc over there with the Denali Park and want to expand the safety boundaries and and you know all the crazy stuff that they try to do. But I'd say for the most part, the majority of the people understand and accept trapping. I mean, you, there isn't a world where trapping doesn't exist. Now, whether or not there are trappers doing it or, or there are government contractors being paid to do it, there just isn't a world where it, where it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And what, what, you know, what I say to everybody, you know, trapping, it's, it's not, it's not a hobby. It's, it's not recreation. Trapping is a lifestyle. Actually, I go further than that. It's a life. You know, it's it, not, it not a lifestyle. It's like, it, it, it's my life. And it's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, pe- people, people, you know, wonder how you can do this stuff. And, and I, I try to explain to them that we are, are, are so very necessary. I mean, if, if you don't have trappers around, uh, you know, things like coyotes, especially coyotes and wolves and, and that kind of stuff, the, the havoc they would wreak. I've said this, I don't know how many times on every podcast it seems like, but we ship over 40,000 coyotes out of, out, of, out of Alberta every year. How many? 40,000. Over 40,000 go to, go to auction. And, and it's like, if, if, we weren't, if we weren't doing that, if the trappers weren't doing that for free, do you know what it would cost to have that done? It, it, un, unimaginable. Yeah. I, I can't even fathom what that would be. Well, I, I know that, you know, when they, they try and control uh, the muskrats over in Holland, you know, in the, in, in mm-hmm. the, the Netherlands, they, they took muskrats over there. I forget what for, for food or something. But anyway, uh, they kill 400,000 of them a the year, and it costs $80 million. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can imagine what, what, what it, it and, and because they're, of course, they're, they're tree huggers there, you know, they're, you know, Peter's so strong and everything. They, what do they do with all those muskrats? They, they incinerate them. Now, as a muskrat trapper who <laughs> doesn't want to see another 400,000 skins on the market. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm okay, but at some point you'd think they'd choke to death on their own irony, wouldn't you? You'd think so. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of waste. Huge that's a waste. a lot of waste. Well, there's, there's waste. even worse, worse, the gray-legged goose. This is getting a little bit away from trapping, but the gray-legged goose... Uh-huh. is huge over there and of course like any goose uh, you know we have a problem with canadian geese in in, in canada we you know they, mm-hmm. they pollute stuff and and you get uh, you know e cauliflower uh, the bacteria is so high that you know waters are toxic and that kind of stuff well that happens in in uh, you know all, all of the uh, um the causeways and all that that they have in, in holland and but it's with the gray-legged goose so there's a, like with any any uh a uh, wild bird, they have a, a molting season where most of them can't fly. So they mm-hmm. take, an, and uh, this this fellow I was talking to, he contacted me over uh, over the internet and we, and we discussed this. And 
And uh, he takes, and they start herding them. They use dogs and everything. And of course, they just herd along. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they herd along, uh, you know, they, they keep swimming to keep ahead of the dogs and everything. And yeah. they just herd them along until pretty soon they run out of water. And then they have like chicken wire fences and, and in they go and, and, and they put them in these impoundments and then they into these trailers and then they, they gas them. Well, when wow. it was found out that he was gassing them, well, it was the <clears throat> end of the world because of, you know, the, the Nazi... Uh, yeah, death camps and all that. It was just aw yeah. awful. And then when they discovered he, he was killing them with carbon dioxide, but he he was he was killing eighty thousand of them a year. That's crazy. And once again, they were getting incinerated. Wow. Now that is an I I can understand people who don't want to eat muskrat, but I mean a goose. Yeah, I mean goose for the most part. I love goose. Goose is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot of waste. It's a huge amount of waste. It's huge. Well, you, can you imagine what what would happen if like they ban, let's say for example, if they ban like coyote trapping, like we were talking about, how much would it cost to 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 you know trap or to to get the money from the fur and all that good junk? Imagine what would happen if coyotes in general just weren't trapped, and what they would do to everything else. I mean, coyotes are a serious predator. Well, um, people, you know, they, they, they look at them like, oh, well, they're, they're not as bad as wolves. I think they're right up there with wolves. They're smarter. Predation. They're smarter than wolves. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, I mean, uh, way, way, way smarter than wolves. But here's the thing. When you can start getting large cities like Calgary and Edmonton are both well over a million people now. And you're getting these, and they're, of course, both they are built on, on big uh, river valleys mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So you have a lot of urban coyotes. And yeah. You end up with a situation where these animals, these coyotes are extremely good at what they're doing. And now we have, you know, people who are worried about their dogs getting drug off or their kids getting drug off, all, all that kind of stuff. So now we're to the point where, where we have to use, you know, lethal techniques on coyotes in these, in these cities. It's not talked about. Nobody, nobody goes out and, you know, when they let out the contractor, there, there's no, no, no talk about, you know, the fact that it's going to be lethal. And that. But you can't mm -hmm. capture something and move it somewhere. I mean... It, Everything's everything's already got animals in it, especially coyotes. It's not like they're rare. Coyotes, coyotes are everywhere. They're they're going to be one of the last things on this planet, I think. Well, it used to as be vers as versatile as they are. They, I mean, everybody talks about the success of of white-tailed deer and how they've moved. And in my lifetime, the white-tailed deer showed up in in where I live in Alberta. In my lifetime. Hey, folks, Rich from Trapping Inc. TV here, and we all have our idea of the perfect morning. You know what I'm talking about. For me, the perfect morning starts with the aroma and flavor of freshly brewed Old Smokes coffee. Studies have shown that just the smell of fresh coffee can boost brain activity. No kidding. Well, that's certainly no secret to me. I can barely talk before that first cup. <laughs> just ask Sandy. I'm a dark roast man, and Old Smokes coffee's darkest roast, stout maple, is what gets my day in gear. Extra dark, it's strong, aromatic, and smooth. Gets me revved up for whatever that day throws at me. Old Smokes roast their coffee over wood fires, the old-fashioned way. Wood roasting takes more time, much longer than modern hot air roasting. Slow roasting over wood takes the bitter out of the bean and imparts a heavenly taste and aroma from the wood smoke. Old Smokes makes a roast perfect for each person. There are five roasts, from light to extra dark, each roasted over a different wood for a unique flavor. Did you know the darker the roast, the lower the caffeine content? It's true. Caffeine is a volatile oil that evaporates with roasting. The lightest roast has the most caffeine, 
and the darkest roasts have the most flavor. Right now, you can order from their online store and use our promo code RICH, that's R-I-C-H, and get 10% off your entire order. Pretty simple. Just go to www.olsmokescoffee.com, that's O-L-E smokescoffee.com, and use the promo code RICH. That is promo code RICH for 10% off your entire order. And now let's get to today's show. And it's the same thing with coyotes. Like coyotes have, have become so successful, and they are, they are survivors, yeah. There'll be coyotes, cock, cockroaches, and, and rabbits after the bomb goes off. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's truth about that, no doubt. Let's talk about your YouTube channel. Okay. How do people find it? So it's uh, The Alaskan Viking um, on YouTube. Um, can't miss it. Uh, and then it, if you have Instagram, it's the same thing, the Alaskan Viking. Um, I started it about 2015, just kind of playing around, really not doing much with it. And then last year, I really decided to ramp it up and dove into it more and, and seeing what I'm capable of doing and, you know, actually putting effort into making videos. And it's, Man, I'm I'm having a blast. That's that's all I can say is is this this is awesome and I, I love doing it. So where did the name come from? That I owe that I owe, I owe all that to my wife. Uh, I was trying to come up with because let's face it, Matt Willie's not an exciting name. <laughs> it's you know, it's not. It's let's face it. It's you know that's what it is. Okay, so I was like, well, I'm trying to think of something, I'm trying to think of something kind of catchy and and so I was you know bat names around and by you know my uh family history i am norwegian and swedish and eastern european and all that good junk and so she's like well what about alaskan viking i was like you know i think you're on to something that's cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so it's stuck and i yeah it's 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 all her it was the same thing coming up with trapping ink right and my wife and i must have wrote down four thousand names and finally mm-hmm. we were i think we were actually going to the trap line and uh out of the blue i turned to her and i said trapping ink and it was like it, it captured what we wanted you know like of course i mean because it's trapping but uh, the ink part about you know the incorporated the you know a little bit of the business side a little bit of the uh, of the the reality everything i mean yeah. yeah you you showcase top to bottom i mean i don't think there's anything you leave out you know Try not. And I and I will and I will tell you that every time that you do um, any kind of segment in your shop or your garage, I'm insanely jealous. Just <laughs> clear the air. I'm putting it out there. Every time I see your shop, I'm like, mine doesn't look like that at all. <laughs> mine looks like a bomb went off, and I've got borax everywhere. <laughs> That's the rest of it. This is just one little piece of one wall that you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> and, some, and sometimes it takes me three days to get that one little piece of the wall to look like that. <laughs> I got it. I got a new though. I, I actually built a set in there this year. Well, I fixed up the walls and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it, it's going to look different this year on uh, for for season seven. But I know what you mean when it comes to the videos, and we get a lot of requests for videos. That some of them are are, are really hard. What and and some of them surprise the heck out of you. Like we have these uh, pull traps. I don't have. There's a there, there, there's a 
a pull trigger for uh, for a rat trap, right? Mm-hmm. You know the big the big rat trap, and we use them for yep. for weasels. And that is like something that people ha- are are constantly asking me about. You know, they're you know how do you where do you get them and that and, and the old fellow that used to make them, I think, has died or he's quit making them or whatever. So now I'm building a video on 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 the making those things. I just can't believe the number of people that are that that are interested in that. You know, what kind of questions do you get? Most most of mine are just have to deal with uh, mostly wolves, um, wolves, and and I think lynx trapping, um, and a little bit of marten trapping. But most of it, you know, I I, I did one video of trapping uh, marten one hundred and one, and I went through just a handful of sets, and I stated in that video when I made it, there's literally a hundred one ways to do the same thing with trapping marten. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different you know little tweaks here that you know everybody does, and and I I believe that you know what makes you a good trapper is being versatile and knowing the more you know the more efficient and and the more the better trapper you are, and so it's about adapting different techniques to what works for you. And so I just showcased you know a handful of different uh, Martin sets. But I get I get a lot lot of videos just of people. Well, how do you how do you catch links? What kind of set do you use? And can you do a video on on how to build a cubby? You know. <laughs> and there again, there's a whole. I mean, you could use anything from guide sticks to to pens to. We could be here all day. Oh, I know. <laughs> some some people build a build a little building with a roof on it. I've even yeah. I've even got some out of my trap line from I don't know from how many years ago, probably in the fifties or whatever. But it's even got a peaked roof on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I've got them. I've got them. Yep. And there's there's some that every year that you know that just for whatever reason that spot where that cubby's at is a great spot, and so every year I just throw more logs on it. Yeah. And it it, it looks like a castle. You know, yeah. I mean, this cat really wants to go in there. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. But I think for most people, uh, see if you agree with me on this. I have a, a, a big, uh, there's a, a huge disbelief. People think that you have some secret so that the animals don't smell what you're doing. And and I, I tell them that you're never going to kid, you're never going to to. Uh, uh, fool those animals and that and that for most of them smell means nothing the one animal that's, that that smell does mean something to is is a wolf and that's steel mm-hmm. means something yep. to them the rest of them uh, bush coyotes yeah well that uh steel means something to them but these these country coyotes i've got in, in my on my home quarter section here they crawl under a dozen barbed wire fences a day the, the smell of steel means nothing to them yeah they don't they don't fear it i think that no. for the most part most people overthink things i i tell people um religiously don't overthink things keep it stupid keep it simple yeah and if if for whatever reason a cat doesn't go into your set cat didn't want to go into your set that's all it was i mean you know he wasn't interested for whatever reason he could have been he wasn't hungry um he didn't see it um there was no eye appeal i mean there's a laundry list of why he didn't go in there but it's not it's not like you're doing something wrong per se you just didn't want to go in yeah well that see and that's something that that folks like you and i understand because we have so many encounters every season but Mm -hmm. when somebody's having one or two encounters and they walk in and walk away and you know and that's their cat or their coyote or whatever and you know they've got a name for it and everything it's hard (laughs) on them where you know it's like i caught i caught my biggest fisher the other day here it was 16 pounds four ounces and and 
I, people you know, PM me and say, did you, did, did you know it was there? My trap line is 144 square miles. I'd be lying to say it. I knew it was there. You know <laughs> I've been targeting him for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish we had Fisher up here where I'm at. I, I really do. I, they, they intrigue me. They really do intrigue me. And one of these days I'm going to go, I'm going to go to a place where there's Fisher and I'm going to trap them. They're, they're easier than, than Martin. They're, really? they're aggressive. Oh, they're aggressive. Now what's uh, their fur like? Like, is it soft beautiful. like Martin or is it, is it coarse? It's coarser than Martin. It's soft. Um, it would be coarser than, it'd be coarser than coyote on average too. But it's still, it's soft. But just about okay. the only use for it or the major use for it is for making Russian hats. Really? Yeah. And so huh. that's where all of our fish are going. And, and uh, the females are worth more than the males. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, when when, huh. when uh, the market was up like uh, 13, 14 in there, um, my males were, were bringing 160, 170. My females were, were 100, 100 to 150 more. Wow. each you know like i, I was wow. i was getting like 318 i think was my was my top uh my top female you know she's no. tiny but she's just silk right wow and that's that's the difference between females and males is the 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 the, the, the males are coarser and the females are yeah. softer yeah and, and and of course the male is much larger than, yeah. than, than, than the female is you get a female that that, that goes over eight eight and a half pounds like i, I weigh everything so i for my my area here, if it's if I I can look at it from you know fifty feet away, and if it looks like it weighs more than eight pounds, then then I'm I'm pretty sure it's a male. You know, sometimes you get yeah. a juvenile male. I had one this year that, that its tail was, you know, is is about four inches long, five inches long. So it, at some point it got bitten and broke or whatever. And another big male, I caught uh, three male. If you and it's. It, it's a straight run on the, on the, my trap line. Most of my mm -hmm. trap line is all through seismic and that kind of stuff, right? Seismic lines. So they're all straight. But from, from the, the, the first trap to the third trap is, would be not quite a mile. Like, I mean, it, that, that's how far it is. And I've got three big mature. One was 14 pounds. The other two were, were, were over 12 pounds, you know, and, and, you know, they, everybody talks about how, those uh, mature animals have such a large uh, area in that. Well, we did a study here in, in Alberta on uh, Wolverine, and we discovered then that we knew nothing about Wolverine. <laughs> you know? Man, the, Wolverine, they do the, the craziest stuff. I mean, for no reason, they'll go to the top of a mountain and drop down the other side just because they can. Yeah. Really no rhyme or reason to what they do. They're just they're going, and they're going in that direction, and that's what they're doing. Once again, they're another animal that everybody overthinks on because the most successful wolverine killing guys that I know, they're either using milk crate with a 330 in it or mm -hmm. or they, they, they like that uh, 330 in, in the front of, um, of a uh, stucco wire cage, mm -hmm. you know, a, a pen kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. well, all it is is that they are where there's lots of wolverine, you know, yeah, and they it. just, you know. 14, 15, 16 Wolverine in the winter kind of thing, right? I don't, I don't know if I'd want to skin that many. That is a <laughs> lot of work because if you're going to, if, I mean, it's like, if you get a good wolf, you got to do it feet and all, right? You know, yeah, you've I, got, you got the whole thing. I always, I always do my wolves and my cats with the feet on. Just I don't the, do, I, I mean, I, I, I do 
at least 22 links a year. And if there's a good one, I mean, if he's the right color and maybe, maybe, you know, I had a female I did last year and she had four white feet, right. And, you know, yeah. the white socks up over her ankles and that kind of, so that kind of stuff goes for, for taxidermy, but it is so hard for us to sell to taxidermy here. Say my, my biggest clientele for most of my um, lynx and wolves um, are taxidermists. Yeah. What is it like there? Do you, can you just sell in the round or raw or, or dried or um, what? You can, you can, you can go to the fur buyer with a, you know, a whole wolf and sell it to him and, and he'll take care of it. You're going to take a hit on the price, of course, cause he's got to, you know, he's have to put time and effort into it. But um most of my stuff, I, I skin it all myself, dry it, and, and of course, sell it that way. But yeah, you can. I know people that will take it whole Martin and, and just sell it in the round. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the things that, that's very common down south in, in the lower 49 is, is they will, they'll sell them in the round or they'll sell them green skinned and, and that kind of stuff. What I mean is here in Alberta, I can't sell a piece of fur until it's tanned. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, you... I'm not going to tan 20 true links yeah. in, a, in a year. You know what I mean? So a bunch yeah. of them just go to, just go to the fur market and they do not want. They any, don't want feet any, on. No, no feet on whatsoever. No. Do you get good money for your links there? Yeah, not too bad. I averaged, you know, uh, last year I averaged about 125 bucks a links. Yeah. Um, which wasn't too bad this year. It's not looking good. Um, I've talked to several fur buyers and, and and taxidermists and from what they say it's looking like 40 to 50 buck average if you go to the fur market or auction with it yeah i don't don't believe it there yeah, are more fur buyers now you see in alberta it's all controlled by the government and so you have to have a fur buyer's license and all that kind of stuff and the only way i can sell something that isn't tanned is to somebody with a fur buyer's license yeah okay and those, they're all buying, and I mean, they're all going to be shipping to the to the auction. I mean, they don't buy, but we have. We went from when we, when there was uh, NAFA was up the the other big auction. We had NAFA and we had Fur Harvesters auction. So when we had those two two major auctions, everything went there. There was only one other really uh, notable fur buyer in the whole province of Alberta. You know, we're four and a half million people, and we cover a, a fair chunk of land, but. Then since NAFA went down, I'll bet you there are a dozen major players, and GFW has a buyer in in the province full time. So, so you think you think them going down was was a was a definite benefit for the fur market and different companies coming in? Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, we we've 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 got selection in that, but what everybody's doing it was like last year when uh, you know it was it was pretty easy to to average a buck thirty five on on uh, your coyotes. Like, I mean, that would be an average from your high to your low, the, the total average. If you had, I don't know, I, I moved 60 or something like that. And I, and it was like a buck 35 was, was, was <clears> that's was, a good was, price for a coyote. That, that, but that's, I mean, we, we are, I'm just on the North end of the really good coyotes. Um, yeah. The best you, you are Southern Alberta or, or, or Southern Saskatchewan. Got the, right? the, the pretty pale white ones. That they're pale. Mine, mine are a little more bushy, but <laughs> you know, when the, when the market's up, I, I, I get a good dollar anyway. They, I mean, everything was it was going to auction, and and if if a fur buyer is paying you one hundred thirty five bucks, he's expecting to to get one seventy five to two hundred at auction. You know, because yeah. these these fur buyers aren't buying because they they have buyers on their own. GFW might like Grunwald. 
they, they have buyers, you know, they're connected through China and Asia and that kind of stuff. So I, I would sit back and I mean, there, there's good demand right now to the, the, the uh, water fur, mm-hmm. like muskrats and beavers, especially if you, if you do beaver in the wintertime and uh, that, cause that goes to the shearing market and the felting market. And that's, that's paying good money right now. Castor's huge. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Well, what, what do you, what do you think like Martin um, are going to do in the future? You know, I was, from what I was thinking was, cause they had that huge die off over in China where they killed off all those, all those mink. Yep. You think that's going to bring up the price of Martin? It could first, the first place is going to show up is, is uh, muskrat. Muskrat. And, and the reason being is that uh, whenever a female, like the, okay, when you're, uh, ranching mink. Mm-hmm. The female is worth the le- least amount. She's the smallest, and she's worth worth the the least amount. But whenever she gets to be uh, under twelve dollars for that that pelt, then our mm-hmm. muskrat uh, sales are dead because oh. they can they can get two or three out of uh, uh, out of her, and they use. The fur, like from the females or and from the muskrats, it, it's a one of the a big um, uh, trend or a, a big fa- uh, fashion statement in uh, Asia. And that is, they will take a down coat and they will line the inside of it with, with like muskrat bellies, okay, or, or mink bellies. And but that that means that those mink have to be worth you know uh, uh, up there in order for the muskrat to sell. Like when we when we were selling, you know, muskrat for for fourteen fifteen bucks each in uh 13 and 14 uh mink were male big male mink were hitting 100 bucks really? you know oh yeah it, it was unsustainable you you knew what was going to happen yeah but right now with everybody sitting back and all of a sudden you have all of these private buyers and that you know they, they might have to sit on it a year or two i think i think i know that i mean i i'm pretty good uh i know um Mark Downey pretty well. He's the uh, the the chairman or, or CEO for Fur Harvesters Auction, and mm-hmm. like he's just dying because he has a lineup that he can't even begin to handle. But he can't get nobody here, and nobody yeah. is going to buy that high end fur without being able to look at it. Yeah. So when they had the online auctions, you know the the links didn't go well. The the the, any of the the bigger sizes of Martin and that didn't go well. The the, the Western coyotes didn't sell like twelve percent clearance. Yet they cleared a hundred percent on the Eastern coyotes with with, with like a seventy dollar average, seventy dollar US average on Eastern coyotes. But the thing is, is that they they know what they look like. They're all the same, and and they're going to yeah. get so many strips out of uh, out of the hide, and, and and that's it. That's not the that's not the high end stuff. Like a lot of people believe that you know um, the Jack the Canadian um, Canada goose jackets, you know, they have the, yeah. the, the um, coyote on them. And, and, and so a lot of people believe that, that that's the, the major market. Canada goose takes a lot of coyote, but all the high end coyote goes to Italy. Canada goose doesn't touch the top end stuff, you know, huh. like, you, and those people can't get here, you know? So, I mean, they've yeah. already canceled the, the first auction of the year. And, and now we're, we're hoping that, that the March one, the, that, you know, they'll allow them in. It's funny because we can go anywhere we want. I could come see you in Alaska unless Alaska has rules, but I know I can go to Hawaii. My buddies are in Hawaii. I know I got buddies down hunting in Texas and that, and, 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 but nobody can come here. Nobody can come into Canada, right? 
That's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. It's stupid is what it is. Although it is kind of funny because there's a lot of politicians that are getting caught going places for Christmases. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I I saw that. I saw that. They're they're telling everybody to stay home and they're over in Italy or something. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) I find that funny as heck. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's pretty comical. Yeah. So I would, I mean, if you can, I would, I would say, um, I would ship coyote. I would ship uh, any of the water fur, like the beaver. If you have good, good winter beaver and good, and good muskrat, I would ship them. Uh, the castor, of course, gets sold private treaty, but right now Western, uh, Western number one is, is $110 US a, a pound. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's great money, that's, you know. That's, that's good money. Yeah, that's I mean, all of a sudden, those, you, know, you, you get uh, two or three 60-pound beaver, you got a pound of castor. Yeah, you know, and if if you're taking them through the ice, you know now now that hide's worth forty to sixty dollars, you yeah. know, and then I have bear hunters in the spring and it'll pay me fifteen bucks for the carcass. <laughs> <laughs> Although I use a lot for bait, I use I use a ton for bait. I I get that all the time. Is is people say, do you eat beaver? Well, no, and and they say, well, well why? You should eat what you kill. What? Well, I, I use it for bait. I use it on. Yeah. I, I use it. Doesn't, it, on, it doesn't go to waste. No, it doesn't go to waste. So what? What I should eat beaver and and then buy ribeye for for baiting coyotes? For or baiting. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's get real. And I mean, when you skin your animals, you know, some years, you know, the worms and that are pretty are, are pretty big, you know. And I was uh, did that big old fisher uh, today, that sixteen pound fisher, and uh, I forget what they're called, but in the joints they get those big long skinny worms. Yeah, is it? Coon get it really bad. Fish and, yeah. and and some fisher get it. I forget what the worm is called, but but it's like it's it's like a, a white piece of thread squirming around there, and it's like no way I'm eating that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Slap it in the microwave, you'll be all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Rich here. Sandy and I are pleased at the rapid growth of our exclusive community. Trapping Inc. at Locals.com. We created the community to connect more closely with our fans, friends, and supporters without the interference and censorship of social media companies. Because this community is subscriber exclusive, there is no censored photos, shadow banning, and deplatforming as happens on Twitter and Facebook. Trolls are non-existent, as not a one will spend a nickel and put their money where their mouth is to protest on a paid site. You know it. We are steadily moving all Trapping Inc. YouTube videos and podcasts as quickly as time and bandwidth allow. We're tickled and surprised to see how large of library we must move. As well, we are sharing articles on trapping and guns and shooting. Our new TV series, Married to the Hunt, videos are here too. Hours and hours of never-before-released to the internet hunting and fishing from around the world. Trappinginc.locals.com will be the exclusive home of all Trapping Inc. content from the past and into the future. What else is there to do? Well, there's a forum for everyone to post pictures on and interact. You can message us directly on trappinginc.locals.com as well as interact with all the other subscribers. These are all people with common interests. Get in here. This whole venture is about taking the Trapping Inc. TV community to the next level, building a community of shared interest and interacting with all of our friends. Who knows where we can go from here? Just go to locals.com and sign up for a free account. Then search for Trapping Inc. and subscribe for $5 a month. That's it. Go to locals.com to open a free account and then subscribe for $5 a month to Trapping Inc. Help us spread the truth about a way of life and the responsible, 
ethical management of the wild resources. Trappinginc.locals.com. Now back to the show. Have you, uh, what, what are you using for equipment for, for producing video? Um, so I use a Sony um, A6000 is my go-to camera. And then I've got uh, a couple of GoPros that I use. And that's about it. Okay. And you're editing on what? Um, the Adobe. Oh, you use a Premiere Pro? Yeah, I'm not real good at it. I got another one that I use and I'm still kind of working the kinks out of Adobe. I'm not a computer person, so it takes me a little longer to learn these things. I know. But I really, I really, I really like the setup of Adobe and, and all the things you can do with it. And yeah. But nine times out of 10, if I'm using Adobe, I lose half my footage and got to redo it all. <laughs> I delete something and can't, well, where'd it go? It was here a minute ago. <laughs> are, are you on a Mac or are you on Windows? Uh, Windows. Okay. Learn, learn control Z. Control Z. Because that will reverse what you just did. If something disappeared, hit control (laughs) Z, it's back. (laughs) Just talk to it. Excuse me, computer. Where did that go? (laughs) (laughs) But the hard, the hardest thing I have is just keeping batteries from freezing up, especially in the winter time. Yeah. I have this year, this year has been kind of a struggle uh, for me for making trapping videos. Um, I produced a bunch of uh, waterfowl hunting videos, but all of November, um, my trap line that's on the military property was shut down due to training. Oh, so our oh. season starts November 1st. And so all of November, it was closed. Well, I was like, well, it's not a big deal. I'll hit my Martin line um, first. And then when this opens up in December, I'll hit this. Well, there was hardly any Martin to speak of. I've, I think I've got like four or five right now. Really? And I'm, I'm shutting everything down. It's, it's, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop trapping it. It's just, it needs to sit for a bit and, and recoup or do its thing. And so um, my canine and cats and, and wolves and all that good stuff, it was kind of a, a rush to get things set up. And so I didn't have time to really get my camera out and okay we're gonna film this and do this and how do you build this and it was just I went in and I set traps for 24 hours straight and that's all I did for 24 hours well by the time that 24 hours is up I might be going back down my trap line and I'm already gathering fur so now I have fur to skin yeah and so now that's taking more time up from setting traps and it's just this big snowball and vicious circle of I, I only have like not even a third of my trap line set up and I'm already at like 12 cats, six coyotes, um, three Martin or a uh, three, three Fox and a wolf. And I just started. Yeah. And so it was just like, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be producing a lot of trapping videos this year, but I'll knock out a few, I'm sure. But it, it was just, it was like from the get go, it was, I was getting my butt kicked. <laughs> And then, then, then they introduced a, a TV series in there, man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you think you're insane now. Just wait. Uh, you were talking I, can, about, I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about uh, about keeping your batteries warm, but it, here's the glory side of, of TV. I, I have to pack an enormous amount of batteries. And especially, you know, if you're gone for 12 hours in a day, mm-hmm. there's only one place you can count on those batteries being warm. Yep. Like, <laughs> you're gonna say so if you're ever out with me and and uh, you see my batteries and they're, and they're actually you know in the uh camera bag or whatever don't touch them 
Because <laughs> <laughs> they're dead now, and you don't want to touch them. Because you I don't, you don't want those ones. <laughs> yeah. You don't want those ones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bring your own batteries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kept them warm long enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you talk about um, you do do a lot of footholding then for wolf and kite? Uh, yeah, more more so for coyotes and I do wolves. Um, again, for, for coyotes, I use, you know, big, big bait sets, um, primarily in sections of my trap line where the wolves aren't the most active because if I'm trapping wolves, that's all I want to trap is wolves. That's all I want to focus on. Yeah. You know, you have a, you have a coyote bouncing around in it, you know, you'll never see that pack of wolves again. They're just like, Nope, Nope. Something's happening here and they take off. So I like to just focus on wolves when I trap wolves. And so I have coyote sets and uh, big bait sets, lots of snares. And then again, on the outserts, I'll do like flat sets, um, projection sets, or like a trench set. If I got them coming through different spots where, you know, I can't hang a snare or it's, it's more conducive for a foothold, then I'll use a foothold. Okay. Do you have a favorite trap? I do. I like the Bridger uh, number threes. Number and, threes. And what, yep. And what I've done is they're modified um just in case I'm, I'm always you know planning for the worst case scenario the biggest animal that could possibly step in it i've had wolves step in step in them and it grab them but it's just not strong enough to hold the wolf of course you know it's base plate gives that. up on you is, is, is what happens. so i've got them i've got them welded up i've got the jaws welded so there's no way they're coming out of there and i'm i haven't yet caught a wolf with them but i'm fairly confident they're four coils I'm fairly confident that if he did get his foot in there, I think it would hold him and stand a lot better chance than it would have before. It's your base plate that'll give up on you unless you reinforce your base plate. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all reinforced and welded okay. on the bottom. And, Cause we, uh, yeah. in, um, here in Canada, we get the number three Bridger Canadian and what that means it's yeah. offset and, and which a lot of people don't understand that that offset makes that trap stronger, hold better because it, it closes further. You know, your springs yeah. are up higher and, and, and it is closed further and, and they've got a lot less leverage. But uh, a friend of mine was, uh, you've probably seen uh, the episode with, with Robert and he was using them for lynx and he had a lynx in, the, in and along comes the wolves and the wolves got a hold of the, of the lynx that they drug him around. By the time they were done, that the base plate on that number three Bridger was just a hoop. Like, I mean, it was, I, I, I don't yeah. know whether he ever got that trap working again or not, you know, because the wolf, yeah. wolf's got a lot of power. They got a lot of power. Yep, I've got springs on them on them as well, um, just to help from the you know the foot damage and 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 keep them from you know hurting themselves. Yeah, well, I mean the the whole idea behind the behind the rubber jaws, which I don't think works here because on average it's too cold, so they're just. I've never I've never used the rubber jaws. Well, you you wouldn't you wouldn't want to use them on wolves because wolves chew right, and so they ruin that rubber jaw every time. You know, yep. Bridger makes the brawn with rubber jaws mm -hmm. and they make another yep. number nine, I think, with rubber jaws as well for the Canadian market. But, I mean, they, they get chewed on. And, and in the cold, that, that rubber is just as hard as steel. And, I mean, it does, yep. it cuts off that blood flow, which then they'll, yep. they'll chew on their, on their foot. Yep. So start chomping. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But, I, I mean, I, I, I sure like the, uh, the offsets and that. They, they work well. I love, um, I love offset jaws, yeah. And I, I'm also a huge fan of, of the Belial foot snare. I 
have seen them, heard about them, and I'm very curious about them. Well, people, I'm, I'm actually doing, that's another video that we got a bunch of questions about. Of course, we get all kinds of questions. Everybody wants to see, you know, the, uh, an extreme or, or, or the new Duke or whatever. And yeah, those things are, I'll do them eventually. It'll be kind of a review in that, but we're just remaking the same bed over and over and over there again. Right. Yep. When you have something that's truly new, I mean, you have all these offset jaws and then you have something that, you know, that, um, Rudy makes uh, of the Red Wolf, and it, and it has polycarbonate jaws. You know, really? yeah, and it, it don't work. I, I don't think it works very well. But I mean, it's it's something different, right? The Belial uh, foot snare, and they make it in in three sizes: a six, uh, an eight, and a twelve. And it it snares them by the foot, and then that's all that's there. Lots of times when you have a big, like an Alaskan number nine, that's mm -hmm. a substantial trap. If you it's don't. A big one. If you don't put the, the shock absorber on, you don't have two, three swivels on it there, that weight of that trap can do a lot of damage all by itself. You know, it's, it's, it's like a seven-pound trap, you know? I have, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy trap. I've got a, a, Harris, a Harris in here, a centerfire, beautiful trap, but it's, you know, it's just about seven pounds as well. And so you have to have all those things in order to, to so that that trap works, works properly and doesn't, doesn't do damage. With the foot snare... When you set it up properly, it goes off. The animal jumps in the air. The that two-pound carrier system falls off, and now it's just got this snare around its foot. That's it. Huh. And the snare. I wonder. Just, I wonder what that would do for for chewing. Would they would they just immediately start going at their foot? I, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't I haven't had that happen. I I have a uh, here where I I use foot snares on my um, my coyotes. I have a twenty-four hour. Uh, check and none of them have ever chewed out. the The number six has has uh, three thirty second cable. The 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 number eight has uh, one eighth cable. I've never had uh, any wolf chew out of one eighth cable on a on a snare. Yeah. Um, and I use the the number six, of course, on links on out on the trap line. And there I have a forty eight hour check, but links don't chew on anything. And links teeth yeah. are round. I mean, they can't they can't chew. So you know, like they're yeah. like they don't have those cutting edges like a wolf does, right? Yeah. 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 Like a wolf and yeah. coyote. It's, it's neat because the way the snare set up with it, the, the, um, the cam on it, the lock on it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a cam lock. It's, it, it's a, uh, um, whoa, kind of like, not, not micro, like a slim lock. It's kind of like okay. a slim lock, but it only tightens so far and then it loosens. So they, they continue to, to have that. So that, it, keeps, that. it keeps the blood flow to it. It's yeah. just restrained them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that definitely keep them from chewing as long as it doesn't freeze up. Yeah. You know, that's, that's when they start chewing and their foot freezes. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's exactly what happens. So I don't know. Like, I mean, I've, I've got um, four wolves over the last three years with it, like setting, setting, uh, um, Footholds for wolves is not easy in my country because there's just a couple packs and they cover a huge area. And when they come through, you know, you, you know, if you're dealing with people don't understand though, you, like you're, you're dealing with three foot of snow and then it could drift, you know, like, I mean, yeah. that's, that make that all makes it tough for, for doing well, things like footholding. And it's, it's almost like our snow, the snow we have here is really dry snow. It's really, uh, it's not a wet snow. And so any agitation to the snow itself, it just sets up like concrete. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it, you know, as soon as, as soon as that snow moves and gets, gets agitated, it sets up and you might have, you know, an inch 
of of pack on your trap and you could do the mississippi two-step on that thing it ain't gonna fire that's the other that was that was exactly the thing that started me with the belial foot snare was the because it has these wire round jaws Mm -hmm. and they come up through the snow like you wouldn't believe and they and it's it's like uh 50 faster jaw speed than a number three bridger really well yeah because that's that's just moving well, because there's, there's nothing there. Like, I, I think the Bridger is at 60 foot per second or something like that, jaw speed, and they're at, and the Belial's at 87. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, it's huge, a huge difference, right? I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check those out. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, and, and, and they make them in stainless steel, which is another. Like, yeah. why traps aren't done in stainless steel? Because, I mean, <laughs> well, what else are you going to do? I mean, then you boil off the boil off the smell and you're done. You yeah. know, you, there, there's no reason to to dip them or anything else. Just stainless steel. You know? <laughs> yeah, everybody you know talks about you know dyeing your traps and you know coloring your traps. I I don't I don't think the animals care what color it is. <laughs> you know, it's, not, all my traps are buried anyway, so you could have them hot pink. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So stainless steel, it doesn't matter if it's shiny. It's under the snow. Exactly. And, and I mean, you're not fooling them anyway. I mean, that was the biggest lesson I've learned with, you know, when I deal with people and I deal with, with certain guys that have, you know, they have their animal, right? They have specialists, a Wolverine specialist, uh, uh, a beaver specialist, a wolf specialist. And the wolf guy, like, I mean, he, he's killed over 400 now. And he, he, he said to me, he says, they know that, this is your, that they're sharing this bait with you. He says, now, yeah. if somebody else comes with you, he says, I'd have them stay on, the, uh, on your machine. But he says, you can walk around, do whatever you want. He says, pee in the snow. don't matter. They know that they're sharing this with they you. They know you're there. And is that is that, that uh, Morley Smith? Yeah, it's Morley, exactly. Yeah. yeah that was that episode, what was it, like, season three, I think it was, yeah, with, with Morley Smith, that wolf trapping? Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a great episode. That was extremely it was, informative. It was huge, and I mean, I've killed a bunch of wolves out there since. But I mean, they're they've been diseased, or, or, you know, you, you just well, just about all of them are diseased. It's either either been uh, shoulder lice or uh, or mange. It's just it's been terrible. Like I mean, I I, I can't believe for as few wolves as around there. But any anything that happens in a wolf pack, I mean, because it's a pack, as soon as one of them gets it, they all got it. it, it they all got it. Yeah, yeah, and we're, we've lucked out up here. We don't have in the interior where I'm at. We don't have we don't have mange or any of that stuff yet. Yeah, well, the shoulder lice is is actually a from the domesticated dog. It's dog gloves, is, it? is what it is. Yeah, and it's um, my coyotes here. I've got three that are bad this year so far, which is way better than it was. Like last okay. year, I had three that were good. You know, <laughs> 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 it was it was it wasn't quite quite that bad. But yeah, it's it, I've only had three that were noticeable this year, so that, that's that, that's good. That's a, that's an improvement. That's another thing that you you know you do when you when you're managing stuff is is that you're taking those animals out because the, the diseased ones are the very first, the very yeah, first. They're thing. the they're the first to go. They're the desperate and and they're the they're the first ones to make a mistake. Well, about how many of your buddies have told you this? I was driving down the road. There's a wolf standing out there, and I shot him in the field. He says, just took his heck. I walked up, and then it was covered in mange. You want to say, well, you know why it stood there in the field? Because it was <laughs> sick, right? Was yeah. all, please, please help me. <laughs> that is one cruel disease. Mange is one cruel disease. I've, I've seen pictures, man, and bald wolves and just, you know, it, it, it does a number on them. 
their flesh turns gray and black eventually. Yeah. You know, it's so the cold, they, they usually lose the hair on their butt end or their tail in that first. And it's yeah. just the most awful, awful, sad thing. You just can't kill them quick enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and people don't understand that when, when, you know, Trapper's talking about, about killing stuff, but well, we should wrap this up. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, tell everybody once again, uh, where they can find you. So, uh, YouTube, um, the Alaskan Viking, um, Instagram, the Alaskan Viking, and also on Facebook, the Alaskan Viking. That's and, perfect. Uh, yeah. It, it's simple. It's easy. It's, it's catchy. It's got a good ring to it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You get the beard and everything good with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I fit, I fit the part. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, Rich, I, I definitely appreciate you having me on here. It was awesome time talking with you and uh hopefully we're gonna do this again sometime and uh happy new year to you yeah it's coming up here closer here than than you you're, you're two hours on me but yeah i i appreciate you taking the time and we will certainly do this again and for everybody out there uh it looks like we haven't had a single blip on on this so this will be in video as well as audio and we appreciate you sticking around seeing us and maybe we'll see you down the trail